You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition. Enjoy. Praise, praise Him and trust Him. We're different here at Highway Church where we realize something that's really uh, life-changing, and that's that Jesus never came to establish a religion. Wow, isn't that amazing? He never came to establish a religion. He actually came to bring us into a relationship with the one who made us. Wow, into a union with God. And boy, has he done that. So when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your spirit is made new, and your spirit and God's spirit are joined forever. Isn't that amazing? Are we cooking over there, Judah? All right, very good. So that's what, that's what we like to do here. We like to uh, fill ourselves up with the Word of God, the promises of God, and allow His Holy Spirit to transform us and reveal Christ to us. I like to, to talk about the finished work of Christ. What, why do I say the finished work of Christ? Because Jesus did it. Everything that needed to be done for us to be brought into an unhindered relationship with God was done by Jesus. So that means you can come before God any time, at any age, day or night, without shame, without fear, through faith in Christ. You can come boldly to God's throne and receive whatever it is that you need. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your amazing love for us. It continues to astound us. It continues to inspire us. And we, we look to you this morning, Holy Spirit, through your word to take us higher, to transform us. We thank you for healing, for strengthening, for delivering and setting free this morning. We thank you for revealing more of Christ to us this morning for the light of Christ shining in every corner of our heart. Lord, illuminate any dark areas. Let the eyes of our heart be flooded with the light of Christ that we would know this morning, the confidence of your calling upon our lives, that we would know the riches of our inheritance in you, that we would know the surpassing greatness of the resurrection power of Christ that's inside of us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to start a brand new series. All right, we finished Built Jesus Tough two Sundays ago, and we're going to start one today called Extreme Makeover, You Edition. You guys ever, I don't think it's on TV anymore. It was a show years ago, uh, the home show, Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. How many people know that show? I've seen that show. Well, years ago, uh, the fam- we used to watch it as a family on Sunday nights. I just thought it was such a great idea. And the whole basic idea of the show is they assemble this dream team of designers and builders, and they bless people. What a great idea, you know? So they've got this dream team of amazing designers and builders, and then there are people with needs, and the need of, of, of this family is brought to this dream team. And this dream team uh, comes up with a plan to bless this family. I thought, what a great idea. And this was years ago. I think it kind of kicked off a lot of the f- home uh, shows that are on now. But there are a lot of similarities on this show between the way that God operates and the way they were operating. And that's what we're going to talk about. So the first part of that is they assembled a dream team top-of-the-line people, designers and builders. And if, you're, if you remember the show, it was amazing what they did. I mean, in one week, seven days, they would arrive at the site of the need, and they would completely raise, demolish the home that was there, and build a brand new one in seven days, including landscaping, sometimes another building like a barn or a workshop for the family. And they would do that all in seven days. And I used to sit there as I'm watching and thinking, how much planning did this take before they even got there? So they developed this dream team, and then they had a plan. Even before they arrived at the scene of the need, they had to call a lot of people. They had to make sure all the proper companies were in place, all the contracts were in place, uh, all the connections were in place, all the sponsorship was in place before they even got there. 
That's pretty amazing. And then they furnished the provision for the need before they got there. Didn't cost the family a penny. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And they, and, and they had to have this thing done in seven days. And then they, they thought big. See, this is what God does. He, he, he's a dream team, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He had a plan before we were ever born, right? He furnished the provision, and he thinks big. I mean, how big did they think? All expenses paid big. That's pretty big. All expenses paid big. In other words, when they got there, it didn't cost the family in need one cent. And you know what they would do? They would send them on a luxury vacation while they did the work. You remember that? Yeah. They'd show up, right? They already got to know them. They got to know their situation. They got to know their needs. So they would provide rest and recreation for them. Yeah. While they did the work. What Jesus say? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Yeah. When I came to know the Lord back in 1989, I kind of got into this phase where I thought I I was trying to work harder to please God than I was before I knew him. And it kind of started getting heavy, my relationship with God. And then the Lord opened my eyes to Romans. He said, wait a minute. If God loved you and did all this before you knew him, how much more is his love available to you now? Right? That our relationship with God is not based on a system of merits that we have to accomplish every day. It's based on his love for us and the merit that Christ accomplished for us, right? So we can rest in him. So they showed up to the scene. They got to know the family. They got to know their personalities, their lifestyle, their their, their gifts and their talents. And then they sent them on a vacation. And while they were gone, they went to work. And in seven days, they built something amazing. So while these people were resting, the old house was completely removed, and the new was built. And as we rest in Christ, he goes to work. It seems like a dichotomy, but it's not. In other words, resting is trusting in him. As we trust in him, grab a hold of his promises, it frees God up to go to work in our lives. Yeah. And we're not getting worn out because we're trusting in him. We're resting in him. So these top designers, these top builders, they'd go to work, and they wouldn't just build a new home. I mean, they would cater this thing specifically to this family. It was something that that really touched their hearts. They'd put little things in in the different rooms that really touched their hearts, uh, that reminded them of certain things. They would uh, make the home suitable to their personality and their lifestyle. They would uh, make it suitable to what their giftings were. And they would even, I remember on some of the shows, like they would build them a workspace for their business, like a barn one time or a workshop. And then I, I remember on some of the shows, they would give them money to pay for like the first year's utilities. And sometimes they would give them uh, grant money or money for further schooling or to develop their talents and business. I thought, this is great. What a great idea. And now, what, what, can you imagine the show if, if all they did when they showed up was they painted their front door? And that was it. And that was the whole premise of the show. Sometimes that's people's idea of God, you know, that he doesn't really care about you enough to fix the issues of our life, right? That, that he, he may be just concerned about your front door. But in reality, they didn't just paint the front door. They gave them a completely brand new home that that was catered to how they were made, to their talents and their gifts. And why did they do that? Do you ever wonder, who came up with that show? I don't know. But I can just gather the the reason behind that had to be benevolence. Just that someone cared. (laughs) I mean, there was no other reason to have a show like that. The only gain out of that was to bless a family right? So someone cared for that family. And here's the big question. Are you willing to let God care for you and do more than just paint your front door? That was just a man-made show. Man came up with that idea. 
What would your life look like if you let God care for you? What kind of home would he build for you? Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we're surrendering to God's care for us this morning. We're going to let him care for us. We're going to let him do an extreme makeover in our lives, transform us into a life of rest, a life of his provision, of his plan and purpose. Now, this is what Jesus said in chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 9. It says, what TV show is there among you? Right? What man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. We can all relate to that. In other words, man comes up with ideas. Man knows how to do good things to a point, right? Verse 11, I like this out of the Phillips New Testament. It says, if you then, for all your evil, quite naturally give good things to your children... How much more likely is it that your heavenly Father will give good things to those who ask him? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, if man can come up with an amazing idea to bless people like that TV show, how much more does God want to bless people? He's better, isn't he? He's perfect love. He's limitless in his resources, limitless in his love. So how much more does God want to transform your life? Does God want to give you a new home? Yeah. Let's look at Psalm 138, verse 8. We're talking about God caring for you. That's the first step to this extreme makeover, is realizing how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. How much he loves you and how much he cares for you. Love this verse. It says, the Lord will accomplish. One translation says, perfect. What concerns me? Your, what? Loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. So this little verse tells me a whole lot about the one who made me. It tells me he has an agenda. What's on his agenda? What's it say in the very first line there? The things that concern me. Wow. Are you telling me with all the billions of people in the world and all of the things going on that God has the time to pay attention to what concerns you? Yes. He's that powerful. He's that great. So God's agenda on his to-do list today are the things that you're concerned with. Wow. You guys make your little list when you get up, the things you got to do today. It's a great little practice. So, well, God doesn't have to get up because he's always awake, right? But when you're concerned with something, it goes on his list. That's awesome. That's for every age. That's for Mabel, right? Jubilee. When you're concerned with something, it goes on his list. I love that about him. God cares for you. Would you let him care for you? Would you let him do the great things he wants to do in your life? Let's look at one more verse regarding God caring for us. All right? So in the light of God's loving kindness of what we've just read, we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. See, we, lo- we like to de-religify you here at Highway Church. We all need de-religified because we've been, sometimes, most of us have grown up in, a, in a, some type of a religious atmosphere, and we've got a wrong concept of God. We think that coming to God is going to be a hard, difficult, laborious journey of trying to do better and trying to be right, but it's not. It's, it's actually quite the opposite. It's an uplifting, invigorating adventure. It's a, it's a strengthening. It's a quickening. It's, it's what you are made for. 
So in 1 Peter chapter 5, in light of God's loving kindness, now that we know what's on his list of to-dos for today, let's look at verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, now take your religious glasses off. All right? What does that mean, humble myself? Does it mean falling on my face and, and, and crawling on broken glass? And, and crawling up a staircase to try and get to him? No. Let's see what the Scripture says. What does it mean to be humble? Are you ready? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may crush you. That he may exalt you. Those were blasphemous words where I grew up. God wants to exalt you, yeah. He wants to lift you up. Woo, that's a life changer right there, right? That he may exalt you at the proper time. Now we're going to see what humbling means. Are you ready? Next verse, verse 7. Casting the whole of your care. That's humble. That's humility. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. That's humility. Why is that humility? Casting the whole of my care on him. Because when I'm caring for something, really what I'm saying is I'm the one who's going to get this done. Right? I'm relying on my own wisdom and strength. And boy, that will eventually wear you out. It may take 20 years, but it will get to you sooner or later. So humility is when I realize God's going to get this done. That I'm giving it to Him to accomplish. And that my role is to trust and follow Him as He brings about His plan, right? So we're humble by casting the whole, 100% of our care, all our anxieties, all our worries, all our concerns, once and for all. We're not going to pick them up again. On him, why? For he cares for you affectionately. Have you ever associated that word with God before? Affectionately? Yeah, de-religifies you, doesn't it? He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Remember what's on his list, right? The things that concern you. Wow, that is a great relief, right? So as you're going through your day today and this week, as soon as a concern pops up, you can rejoice. God's on it. <laughs> That's a great one, isn't it? As soon as a concern pops into my mind, God's on it. Thank you, Lord, for accomplishing that. Thank you, Lord, for accomplishing that. All right. Now let's go to verse 8. Same chapter. Be of sober spirit. Right? We keep our minds stayed on Him. Be on the alert. Why? Because God is out to get you? No. We have an adversary. Right? He wants you to carry your cares. He wants you to be anxious and worried and afraid and to doubt. Right? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Who can he devour? Those who don't know the promises of God. The promises of God are the only weapons that will defeat the enemy in your life. And you'd be amazed at how many people have been in church their whole life and don't know three promises of God. Maybe not even one. See, the enemy will come against you. When he comes against you, you defeat him every time with the word of God. He can't win. It's the weapon Jesus used when Satan tempted him, right? So we're on the alert. Even though God is accomplishing the things that concern us, we're still actively pursuing him, right? We keep our minds stayed on him. We're filling our hearts up with his promises. We're meditating in them continually, Right? Because his promises produce strength in us and enable us to recognize the enemy's schemes. Right? Let's keep reading. 
Resist him. How do you resist the devil? Firm in faith, by trusting in the promises of God. Now, at Highway Church, I say the promises of God a lot. And if you've been here before, you'll know I talk about the promises regularly. And the primary reason for that is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says that it's through his promises that we partake of him. He's given us his magnificent and precious promises. So if you want to experience God, learn his promises and begin to speak them with your mouth over your life and believe them in your heart. You'd be amazed at how many believers don't do that. Not only don't they know the promises, well, you can't speak them if you don't know them. But learning them is good, but then you begin to say them with your mouth over your life. The Lord is accomplishing what concerns me. I just did it. Did you catch that? Psalm 138.8. We read that promise, right? But I don't just read it and keep it up here. I declare it over my life. Because up here is not enough. The power of death and life is where? It says in Proverbs 18. In the mouth. I've got to speak his promises over my life. As soon as the concern pops into my head, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Now that thing's being activated in my life. Now I'm declaring it. I'm enforcing it over the enemy in my life. Okay? All right. So let's get into this thing. So God, before you were ever born, he saw your need before you even knew you had one. Isn't that awesome? And he wants to do a whole lot more for you than just paint your front door. He wants to make you new. He wants to bring about a total transformation in your life, and he wants to provide for you beyond any salary or wage you could ever earn, beyond any return on any investment you could ever make, beyond any uh, profit from any business venture you could ever in enter into. God wants to do supernatural things in your life. That's who he is. All right? So let's look at some scriptures here. We're going to start in Revelation 13, 8. We'll put it up on, this, on, the, on the board. But because God knew, knew you before you were born, the dream team was already assembled in God's plan. God the Father, God the Son, who's the Word of God, right, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So the dream team was already assembled, the top designers and builders of all time, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They were already assembled, and they already had a plan for you before you were born. And they already furnished the provision for God's plan for your life before you were born. But if you've been coming to Highway Church, you know that God's plan does not automatically happen in the earth. The Bible doesn't teach that, right? In our lives, it, requ it, it requires faith. We have to put our faith in Christ. Right? If God's plan automatically happened, there'd be no need for faith. We could just go about and do whatever we wanted. Right? But we have to engage our heart with God's heart. We have to learn his promises and believe them. And I like God's two-step plan. Speak them with your mouth and believe them in your heart. Okay? So we understand at Highway Church that all of us have been through things that were not God's will for our life. I say that regularly because there's a lot of confusion about that. So you may have been through a number of things that were not God's will for your life. So when I'm talking about God's plan, I'm talking about a prosperous plan for your life. And chances are a number of things you've been through in the past were not a part of his plan. Now God's amazing. Even though they weren't part of his plan, he has a way of coming in and turning things around for our good so that we can come out better than we were before we went through it. Right? But it, All right? So... God has furnished a provision for us. In fact, Revelation 13.8 says this, The Lamb, talking about Jesus, was slain from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? In other words, God made provision for you before the world was made. Isn't that awesome? So nothing caught him by surprise. Now, we know it wasn't God's will for Lucifer to rebel like he did. God made the angels with free will. Lucifer and some of the angels uh, tried to, to seize the throne from Christ. It became conceited, and they were cast down to the earth. That wasn't God's will, but it happened. 
We know it wasn't God's will for man to put his faith in Satan instead of God, for Satan to steal the authority that God gave to man over the earth. And as Jesus said, Satan became the ruler of this world. Paul said he's the God of this world. That wasn't God's will. But Jesus came, right? Jesus came to give you victory over the enemy. You have authority over the God of this world through Christ. Isn't that great? So God's furnished provision for your life is infinitely greater than any mistake you've made. Isn't that great? It's infinitely greater than any sin you've committed. His amazing grace. And He's furnished it for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's look a little bit more at this provision, at this plan that God had before you were born. 1 Peter chapter 1. So the dream team was assembled before you were born. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He had a plan before you were born. And He furnished the provision for that plan before you were born. Verse 18. Knowing. You've got to know it. Not know about it. You've got to know in your heart that it's for you. Know that God loves you that much. How do I know it? I believe him. I believe what he said about me. I believe that he cares about me. I believe that he's accomplishing what concerns me. You've got to know that in your heart. All right? Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your father's but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Just read that in Revelation, right? Before the foundation of the world. Nothing catches God off guard. But was manifest in these last times for who? You. Isn't that amazing? Jesus came for you. That's when things change, right? When you realize he came for you. It's good to know he came for the whole world, but life changes for you when you realize he came for you. He loves you. He cares for you, right? Verse 21. Who through him believe in God, through Christ we believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Why would he do all of this? So that your faith and hope are in God, not in man, not in a TV show, right? Not in what we've been through, not in our circumstances, but our faith is in the one who cares for us, right? Our faith is in God. Verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. What does that term born again mean? I remember laughing in that as a kid. We, we lived at my grandpa's for a while, and, and we had neighbors that were quote unquote born again. And boy, do we make fun of them. We thought they were freaks. Born again, ah! You know, we would tease them and laugh at them. I didn't know what it meant until I started reading the Scriptures. Well, born again simply means your spirit is made new by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, a person becomes born again when they put their faith in Jesus Christ. That happened to me when I was about 19 years old. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that he loved me, that he came for me, that he died for me, and that he rose from the dead for me. And any human being who does that, when they do that, the Holy Spirit makes their spirit brand new. That's what Jesus said, being born again or born from above, okay? So that's what being born again is. We were all born the first time, right, through our mother's womb. But the second time is the, power, the more powerful time. When you put your faith in Christ, you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit regenerates your spirit, makes it brand new. That's being born again. All right, let's read these same scriptures now in the message translation. This is really good. Are you ready? Verse 18. It cost God plenty. We're talking about his plan and his provision. 
how he cares for us. He cares for us so much he had a plan and furnished the provision before we were born. It costs God plenty to get you out of the dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. (laughs) Like that. Anybody relate to that? I can't. Yeah. Verse 19. He paid... Not with an American Express, but with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. Verse 20. And this was no afterthought. I love that, that God never says, oh, I forgot. Never once has he said that, and he never will. This was no afterthought. Even though it has only lately, at the end of the ages, became public knowledge, right? Why, why did God have to keep his, his, the, the, the sacrifice of his son a secret, right? Because he didn't want Satan to find out. They would have never crucified him, right? It tells us about that in the epistles, right? That the, God's plan of salvation had to be kept a secret or they would have never crucified him. Jesus had to be crucified so that we could be redeemed. All right? So it was revealed at the end of the ages. It became public knowledge. And God always knew he was going to do this for you. Now, I served in the military for about six years. And I remember in one of the offices I ran, I saw a bunch of documents that were, had gone through the shredder and they were confidential. And I learned that above confidential and top secret, there were like 18 levels of security that most people never even be aware of, that you'll never hear about on, on the news or any of those things. And a lot of what the media reports, they have no idea what's really going on at the top levels, and they, they ne- probably never will. Okay? So in other words, there are levels of knowledge and awareness. And when you enter into a relationship with God as your Father, He'll begin to reveal to you those levels of His plan for you. And that begins when you put your faith in Christ. So if you haven't put your faith in Christ, man, you're, you're like on the outside, right? You're missing out on what he has in store for you. It's when you put your faith in Christ, it's inviting the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to you and to reveal the levels and depths of this plan he had for you before the foundation of the world. And you don't want to miss it. Nothing will thrill you and satisfy you like the master's plan for your life. It's so good, all right? Okay, let's keep reading. Became public knowledge. God always knew what he was going to do. He was going to do this for you, verse 21. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah, whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. So it's all based on Jesus, right? Our trust, our hope, our confidence is all based on who Jesus is and what he did for us, okay? No such thing as blind faith, right? That's an ignorant term. It doesn't apply to us. Our faith is in who Jesus is. Who is he? You can find out in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, right? First five books of the New Testament, very clear. That's what our faith is in who he is, who he revealed himself to be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, right? and what he's done for us. All right? Good. Now, are you ready for this? Do you know you have a future in God? Are you sure of that? Is God's plan better for you than the, the TV show, Extreme Makeover? Yes, it is. Infinitely better. Do you believe God can give you a new home? What did Jesus say when, when his disciples asked him, what's going to be done for us who've left everything and follow you? Do you remember that? What did he say? Right? He who's left, yeah, family, houses, right? We'll get what? A hundred times as much in this life and the one to come. What God wants to, can you imagine having a hundred homes? Would you let God do that in your life? We talked about the last six months of this year being the best six months of our life so far. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's turn it up. Let's believe God for all things. Let's let God do this. Let's let God be God in our lives. Come on. He's waiting for someone just to take him at his word. Are you ready? Verse 23. You got your seatbelts on. All right. Your new life. 
the life that began when you confessed Jesus as your Lord. All right? Your new life is not like your old life. <laughs> wow. It's a supernatural life. Are you ready? Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living Word. A life conceived by God. <laughs> Let's just absorb that for a little bit. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. That's what Jesus was talking with Nicodemus about, being born again. Nicodemus said, what do I got to do? Crawl back into my mother's womb? He said, oh, no. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, making your spirit brand new. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, imagine a life conceived by God himself. Well, we go back to the TV show. What did, what did that plan for those people look like? It was pretty amazing. Right? They came in and blessed those people with a beautiful home, custom designed beyond anything they could ever dream of or imagine at no expense to them. I'm talking about God and what he wants to do in your life. Imagine, just think, what does a life conceived by God look like? Wow, I love that verse. Verse 24, that's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. <laughs> the old life is a grass life. Its beauty as short-lived as wild flowers. Grass dries up, flowers droop. Verse 25, God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. This supernatural, limitless, life-all-the-time word conceived this new life in us. Wow. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this new life rising to the surface, for transforming us in the last half of this year, for being the best six months of our life so far. We thank you for it, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord. So God had a plan. He furnished the provision for your plan. And please let me tell you, he was thinking big. God was thinking big when he made you. Big. Really big. Would you let God be big in your life? We do have to let him, don't we? It's amazing. He's all powerful, but he's given us a free will. We have to choose to let him be big in our lives. How big? Are you ready? Let's look at this big God who has a big plan for your life. Let's go to John chapter 10, verse 10. So we're going we're gonna to stop trying to shrink God down to what we've determined is necessary and appropriate in our lives. Did you hear that, what I just said? We've all grown up in different, different situations and circumstances, and we've all kind of developed this standard of what we think is necessary or appropriate. But we're going to let God change that. Are you ready? John chapter 10. If you've been coming to Highway Church, you know this is a verse. We read regularly because it's transforming the way we think. It's God's declared purpose and plan for your life. Are you ready? Verse 10. The thief comes only. Who's the thief? Satan, right? Is God a thief? Of course not. Would he ever do anything to hurt you? Never. Not once ever. God's never done anything wrong to anybody. Never. Never, and he never will. Isn't that amazing? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, on the other hand, in stark contrast to the thief. I'm, I'm the opposite. I came not to steal from you, but to give to you, right? I came not to destroy you, but to heal you. I came not to kill you, but to give you a new God-conceived life, right? I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. What kind of life? A life conceived by God himself. 
a life conceived by the living, limitless Word of God. The Amplified Translation. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The Weiss translation, you ready? Weiss New Testament. I alone came in order that they might be possessing, that means you own it, it's yours, possessing life. If he didn't come, we couldn't possess life. Isn't that amazing? That tells you that God's will is not automatic. Jesus had to come, right? I alone came in order that they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in superabundance. Remember, Jesus taught us to pray. He said, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Why would he teach us to pray for that if God's will was automatically done on the earth, right? We're changing the way we think. It's not done. We have to speak it. We have to take authority, pray for it to be done in the earth, okay? That's what he's saying. I came so that God's will for your life could be experienced, could be manifest, so that you could live it, right? That they might be possessing it in superabundance. We're thinking big. We're thinking big. You can own one home. You can own two homes. You can own three homes. You can own five and ten homes, right? We're just letting God be God. What's the big deal? Are we greedy? No. No. This is God's idea. God said these things. God came up with a plan to furnish us. Right? Jesus said that to his disciples. They didn't put that you'll be given a hundred times as much in this life. See, God thinks big. Religion thinks small. Religion tries to limit God and put him into a tiny little uh, quote-unquote religiously correct box. Right? Let's read another New Living Translation. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Verse 10. But I came to give life. Life in all its fullness. New century version. Amazing, huh? I came to give life in all its fullness. Wow. How about the message translation? I came to give more and better life than they ever dreamed of. <laughs> it's just Jesus. This is who he is, right? So he was God's thinking big for your life. It requires faith. We've got to go beyond what we've been through and beyond what we've determined is acceptable or appropriate or necessary into what God has provided for us, Right? into his provision for our lives. God, we take the limits off of you in our lives. Do what you want to do in us. Hallelujah. Well, how big is big? All expenses paid? All expenses paid is big, isn't it? Have you ever gone anywhere with all expenses paid? Isn't that nice? Right? You don't have to think about what's, any need or uh, anything that, that comes up. Expenses are taken care of. Do you know that God has given us an all expenses paid destiny? An all-expenses-paid life? You say, what do you mean? I don't have to go to work. Do you know that work should be an application of your gifts? So our purpose for working is not to pay the bills. Our purpose for the work that we do is to apply the gifts inside of us. It's to fulfill our destiny. So we're not looking for a job to pay the bills. We're seeking and pursuing Christ and letting him reveal to us his plan for our lives. So, the way, so how we employ our time and our resources is based upon his plan, not the economy. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different reason for looking for a job. Right? God is our provider. Right? So you, as you're looking, as you're, as you're changing and being transformed this morning, I want you to start thinking differently about where you work. Why do you work there? Well, because I need a job. Come up higher. Let God show you where to employ your time and your resources. You might be at the right place. I don't know. That's, I can't say that. He'll lead you. You may be where he wants you. Maybe it's just for a season now. 
But let him, don't limit yourself. Don't limit him. Let him lead you higher. Maybe you're at the right place, but maybe he wants to promote you. I don't know. He knows that. All right? Don't limit him. So we've got a different way of living. We don't settle for the status quo. We don't settle for, for what others might settle for because we've read the promises of God. We have a different method of operation, right? So he thinks big. It's all expenses paid. We've got three more scriptures and we're done. Are you ready? One, two, three, well, four. They're short. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. All expenses paid. Let's say that. All expenses paid. 1 Corinthians 6, 20. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So who paid the price for you? Jesus did. God did through his son, right? He paid full price for you. You're bought and paid for. You're paid in full. Isn't that great? You're paid in full. God paid your debt. Isn't that amazing? You're paid in full. Philippians 4.19. We're going to read this out of the God's Word translation. You ready? My God, talking about Him thinking big, Him furnishing provision for our lives. My God will richly fill your every need in a glorious way through Christ Jesus. Wow. Is this all right? Does this hurt a little bit? Kind of stretches you, doesn't it? Oh, wait a minute. I've been thinking. My thinking needs to change. Right? God will richly fill your every need in a glorious way through Christ Jesus. We just read a promise of God. What do we do? Plant that thing in our heart and speak it over our lives. Right? Every one of us has needs. So now I begin to speak to the needs of my life, and I say, God will richly fill every need of my life in a glorious way through Jesus Christ. I don't know how he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it, though. Right? God's going to richly fill every need of my life in a glorious way through Jesus Christ. Begin to say that over your life. God will richly fill every need of my life through Jesus Christ in a glorious way. Right? The message says it this way. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. Wow. His generosity exceeding a TV show. Right? His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Boy, does God want to show up in our lives. Does He want to reveal Himself? The Weymouth translation. But my God... So great is his wealth of glory in Christ Jesus will fully supply every need of yours. Wow, this is amazing. New Living Translation says, And this same God who, ha who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Wow, that is amazing. All right, two more scriptures and we're done. So you can, you can snap pictures of these on your phone and meditate on them later. You know, just grab these things. And I started keeping these uh, in a notebook when I, back in 1989, I've got them on my phone now, see? And I go over these things and I speak them over my life, all right? So last two scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Why did he do that? So that you could struggle through life and not have your needs met. Nope. So that you through his poverty might become rich. Are you telling me it's God's will for you to be rich? Yes. It's just the Bible. I know this has been covered up in religion, that I'd get kicked out of a lot of churches for saying this, but it's true anyway. If you look at the context of this scripture, they're talking about money in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. All right? Last scripture, verse 9 of, excuse me, verse 8 of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9. 
And God is able to make all grace, every favor, an earthly blessing. Nice definition of grace, huh? Every favor, an earthly blessing. Come to you as a little tiny trickle. No, come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Boy, is that a keeper, huh? That will give you an understanding of the grace of God, that scripture right there. So God, the dream team was assembled before you were born. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They came up with an amazing plan for you before you were born. He furnished amazing provision before you were born, and he was thinking big. Now it's your turn to think big. I'm telling you, we're going higher. And I said it (laughs) at the end of last year. Every year we're going higher. I said 2016 is going to be a year of increase like never before. And what we've had two people so far have gotten homes this year, right? But I'm telling you, let's let God do what he wants to do in our lives. God's glorified when his provision shows up in our lives. Right? Because guess what? People have needs. And when they, when they see God's provision in our lives, we can let them know he wants to provide for them. Right? It's a different kind of selfishness. Right? We want God to show up in our lives so that others can be transformed, so that he gets the glory. Right? All right, so we're going to continue with this series next week. Don't miss it. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to get into God's rest and recreation next week, all right? All right, the luxury vacation that God's provided for you in Christ. Don't miss it. It's going to be good. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, what you've provided for us is beyond what we could have dreamed of or imagined. You are amazing. You are the dream team. We worship you, Heavenly Father. We worship you, God the Son. We worship you, God the Spirit, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you had a plan for us before we were born, that you furnished the provision for us before we were born, and that you were thinking big. And today, Father, we take the limits off of you in our lives. You are greater than what we've been through. You're greater than any income or revenue that we currently might be receiving. You're greater than our current situation or circumstances. You're greater than any debt that we owe. And we give you full right of way to do what you want to do in our lives. And we do it with joy and boundless confidence because you are good and your mercy endures forever. And we thank you for your will, for your abundant plan done in our lives, in our homes, in our families, just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.